Hey, how's it going out there today? Welcome to the Falcon Fan Freestyle here. I'm your host, Steve Johnson, here to try my best <laughs> to sum up what the mess I saw yesterday with the Atlanta Falcons losing in historic fashion. Unfortunately, we've seen this movie way too much over the last couple of years. Falcons have a 20-point lead in the first quarter, 29-10 at halftime, up by 13 points in the last couple of seconds. Well, last couple of minutes, I should say. And yet still found a way to blow the game against the Dallas Cowboys 40-30 on a final play field goal from Greg Zerline. And, you know, it's it's the next day. And like last week with the Seattle loss, I think there were things in the Seattle loss that disappointed you as far as just overall as a team execution and things of that matter. We harped on it all last week. We wanted to see improvement. We wanted to see the offense open up just a little bit more than they did um, last week. And for the most part, you saw a little bit of that. The rushing game, over 100 yards. Granted, 34 carries, but 100 yards, you you balanced your plays pretty well. 34 runs to 37 passes. Um, Matt Ryan, 24 out of 36 for 273 yards and four touchdowns. Now, any other uh, time that you would see those type of stats, you would make the assumption that that's the winning team. But no. Listen, there are so many turning points and so many things to talk about with this game. Uh, I don't know where to begin, but I'm going to begin at the end, of course, with the ridiculously played onside kick by the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm listening to a couple of the interviews after the game, and Dan Quinn is, is, as he always does, protecting his brand, saying that, yes, they knew the rule that they could touch touch the ball, and um, it just baffles the mind that you let the ball just roll there and three of your players continue to just look at it. A matter of fact, I, I guarantee you that Falcon tape is probably going to be used in special teams uh, <laughs> practice rooms all for the next five years on what not to do with an off onside kick because that was just ridiculous that no one would think to just fall on the freaking ball. I, I've heard the excuses. I'm not accepting it. I, I think it leads back to coaching. They actually called a timeout after seeing what Dallas was going to line up. I mean, you you had an opportunity to figure out what was about to happen. And no one, you mean to tell me no one in these huddles say, hey, hey, guys, just a reminder that if you see the ball and you know you can fall on it, just fall on it and we can go home. And sneak out of Dallas with this two-point win against this overrated team in Dallas. 
but you gave them life. And I don't think it was a person in sitting with an Atlanta Falcons uniform on that didn't think that Dallas, after getting that onside kick, was not going to score the three points and win that game. You knew when they got the ball back, it was over. So we go through 24 hours of trolling, 24 hours of some of our Dallas friends and having to accept all of the trash talk and you got to suck it up and and do what you need to do. But um, it's almost a point of where do you go from here? It is very reminiscent of the Super Bowl. Very reminiscent of the mistakes we made along the line. So I can see how a lot of people are reaching back to that unfortunate moment in February 2017. However, there were so many mental mistakes this game. Um, And there were so many questionable calls. 26 to 7 and you're going for two points early in the game. Now, had we not gone for two points that field goal would have probably been a little um, <clears throat> not as, well, still would have been a big deal, but you would have been going for the tie instead of the win. So you have to question, what are you doing there? And then the Falcons I can't help themselves. Those fourth downs are just more attractive. Now, giving them credit, they did make their fourth downs this time, so you can't uh, go totally in on them on that, but all of the fumbles that we got from Dallas. It is it, you forget all about that. You you forget about how great those plays that uh Quan made and it gets all erased. You forget about the second game in a row where Russell Gage, yes, he dropped that very first pass he had, but the the ability to still show you that he has definitely carved his niche as the number three receiver. The continuing uh, things we're seeing out of Hayden Hurst, and and boy, we can't wait to really, really integrate him into this offense. Andy, just emerging stardom of Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley continues to show everybody that He's not a second fiddle. If anything, you have two number one receivers, seven catches, 109 yards, and two touchdowns, uh, four touchdowns for the year for him. So the beat goes on um, with the Falcons with a lot of yeah, buts. And naturally, when you have so many mental mistakes or decision-making mistakes. It comes down to the leadership. And whether it was the special teams coach or the head coach or whoever it was, someone has to take ownership of these over and over again Instances. When you see something happen once, you say, "Okay, that's that's an anomaly. Let's let's go on and move on. That's just bad luck." But these mental mistakes, these these game management mistakes, 
we have scored, I think we are number four in the NFL in scoring after first two weeks. For all the drama that people gave us about the Seattle game and the garbage yards and stuff like that, we are second in the NFL. I'm sorry, we are third in the NFL in scoring. Yet we can't stop a we can't stop anybody. And more importantly, we can't stop them when we need to stop them. Almost makes you wonder, is there something in the training room that only gives like a, a 30 minute, you know, where it stops in the first half? Again, tail of two halves, Seattle first half, even though they were leading 14 to 12, it's obvious that the Falcons were playing at a much higher level. When Dallas got that ball in that second half and went right down the field, you knew you start getting that feeling. And Falcon fans know what I'm talking about. That feeling that, uh-oh. Then the second touchdown, uh-oh. We start getting that feeling again. A feeling we've had too much during this Dan Quinn regime. And I don't. You know, it's not a joke to me. It's not a um, thing where I, I like openly campaign for a man to lose a job. But in this particular case, he's done so much to himself that you almost say, you know, damn, maybe these things are over your head. And it's easy to hear the fan base, some still support him and and as a man I don't mind you supporting him as a man but as a as a leader of a team and a coach it, it's it's really interesting you know and we got glimpses of it in 2015 when we went 5 and 0 and couldn't finish the job that year of course the memories of the Super Bowl run kind of erase all that but there is something as much as you keep hearing him preach about finishing that we just don't finish. So it's going to be a difficult week this week. Uh, we turn the page here usually on Wednesday and, and look forward to the next game. But uh, today and tomorrow, we'll probably look at what the Falcons need to do to get that stench out of their organization. And I, I look at one person. And that's your leader. It starts with your leader. So I don't know what the ultimate decision is. I'm, I'm, we are in the afternoon on Monday and we haven't heard anything about uh, coaches or any special team coaches or anybody being released. Uh, but I, it makes you wonder how long Arthur Blank is going to wait to push a button. He invested so much in this team. And you see the flashes. You still see the defensive line playing tough, playing hard. Grady Jarrett still establishes himself to me as the number two interior line defensive lineman in the league next next to only the Aaron Donald. They basically held him every play, if you go back and watch. You see the talent with the receivers on this team. You see the emerging of Hayden Hurst. The offensive line. Can we get some kudos to the offensive line? 
dude, Matt stayed clean. And really the only reason there was one sack at the very end of the game, and the only reason Matt took that sack is because he had about eight seconds to throw the ball, but everybody was covered. And he didn't throw it away. No, he didn't. But at the same time, he he didn't want to throw it and make a dumb mistake in the end, which would have added to the other mistakes we made. Offensive line with a great showing. So I don't know. So let's see what ends up happening this week. I, I'm pretty sure the media availability of the players, I would imagine, would be limited this week because that's all folks are going to say. I'm going to ask. I mean, we are the laughing stock of all the sports shows on uh, Fox Sports and ESPN and, and radio stations. Just asking what the message. What were y'all thinking? But it's enough to make you want to question whether Dan Quinn is the guy to lead this team. And especially with 14 games left. Listen, I'm, 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 I'm the forever optimist to my own fault, I guess. But you look at this schedule coming up. And yeah, you have to start with a win. Before you do anything, I think that was the thing that would have been so great yesterday against Dallas. You win that game at Dallas. Look at listen to your schedule coming up. You have the Bears, who are two and zero, but not impressive at all in either one of the wins. But they are two and zero. That we can't say we are. Then you have the Packers, which probably is the hardest team that you're going to play in the next six weeks. So those are your back to back. NFC North games. After that, you have the Panthers coming here. You go to the Vikings, who all of a sudden now are 0-2 and looking not as good as expected. You have the Lions, who look bad as well. Then you play the Panthers again. McCaffrey is out. You have the Broncos. They just lost their quarterback. And you have all of that before the bye. So you have one, two, three, four, five, six games before the bye, actually seven games, one, four, five, six, seven games before the bye. Now, listen, if you're serious about 2020, if you're serious, you have to take five of those seven games. If you're real serious, you got to take six out of seven. And Two down, 14 to go. Yeah, I want to hear all the 0-2 teams, only 60%, blah, blah. All that crap. That's out the window. We made some dumb mistakes yesterday. But the great thing is, as with (laughs) all things, there's always tomorrow. So hopefully uh, they hurry up and get to Wednesday and Thursday so they can truly start concentrating on Chicago and really this Chicago game since we see we didn't have any moves made today this has got to be a a job saving game for Dan Quinn you you can't lose to Chicago And, and you cannot have Dan Quinn as the coach of this team if you go 0-3 we preached all year about good start about getting off to a good start. We can't start slow. We got to start fast. Well, guess what? Not only have you started slow, you started in the mud. 
And most of the things are self-inflicted wounds. So going forward, you know, I'm anxious to see what how what's going to happen. Because you guys told us you were ready, Falcons. And we're behind you still, 100%. I'm still behind the organization. But I'm just questioning some of the folks and some of the leadership that we have in place. We'll be back later on this week to go over another segment here on Falcons Fan Freestyle. Um, We'll have a preview of the Chicago game later in the week and uh, look for a Another podcast somewhere between Thursday and Friday. We'll get you'll get back to you by then. Until then, this is Steve. As always, you guys. I know it's hard this week, but rise up, rise up. Hi, how you doing out there on a Friday, September 25th? This is Falcon Fan Freestyle. I am your host, Steve Johnson, and welcome to week three. Thank goodness we are past week two because I don't know if we want to relive that ever again with that embarrassing loss to the Dallas Cowboys. However, we are at week three. Uh, We have business to attend to, and that business is taking care of the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears come into this game 2-0. They are high on the hog because they have two NFC wins under their belt, albeit against the Detroit Lions and the New York Giants. Uh, They won the Detroit Lions game when uh, our brother Swift from University of Georgia could not make the play in the end zone, the catch. And last week against the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley, unfortunately, uh, tore his ACL, um, ending his season and pretty much ending the Giants' chance in that game. However, the Giants did keep it close. 17-13 win for the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears, who are they? They are a team led by embattled quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, it's all the thing. Chicago is probably looking back saying, boy, we had just waited on Mahomes and Jackson, but they didn't. However, give Trubisky credit. He has come back and he is uh, led his team to a 2-0 start. He is 36 out of 64. 432 yards, five touchdowns, and two interceptions. Right now, their leading running back is Montgomery. He has 29 carries for 146 yards. Uh, As far as team stats are concerned, Chicago is allowing less than 20 points a game at 18.6. They are rushing the ball at a 142-yard clip and passing each game at 216. Now, the eye test from a fan is Mitchell Trubisky is doing what he's supposed to do, which is be a game manager and trying not to give the game away. And at 2-0 so far, you have to give Chicago Bears full credit that they are not throwing away their opportunities. Uh, 
is this a team that we can beat just like Dallas and in some ways, just like Seattle, I think we should be able to compete. Uh, Khalil Mack is a little banged up, but it looks like he is going to be able to play. So there are thoughts on that defensive line that they may be able to put a little bit more pressure on Matt. Matt, who had probably one of the cleanest pockets he's had in a couple of years last week against the Dallas Cowboys. He's been precision in the last uh, week and a half of work uh, trying to keep Atlanta in these games. If the offensive line has a good game against the Chicago Bears, I think we're going to be in good shape. Right now, I look at the Atlanta Falcons having a really good chance at beating this team. But you know what we have to do first? We have to make sure that we take care of our business. We have beaten ourselves the last two weeks. And to me, it's mental. Can we turn this season around? Of course we can. We're zero and two, and I know all the percentages about teams making it after zero and two. But in the NFC South right now, the leader is Tampa Bay and New Orleans. New Orleans has not looked good in their first two games, albeit they do have a win against Tampa. Tampa uh, let a Carolina team kind of hang around a little longer than we thought they would last week. However, they did get their victory. Keep it in mind, McCaffrey got hurt in that game as well. So, listen, this is all out for the Atlanta Falcons to go get. You have a team coming into you that's 2-0. Now, granted, also, uh, the Bears may have a little bit of motivation. Uh, One of the greatest running backs in the history of their franchise, probably only under sweetness, uh, Gail Sayers, uh, passed away this week. So I'm sure that's going to be a rallying cry for the faithful of the Chicago Bears franchise. However, uh, all due respect to his greatness, that's not going to help on the field. On the field, the Atlanta Falcons uh, should be a more superior team. It's just a matter of whether the Falcons don't allow Mitch Trubisky to become a hero. Uh, Our defensive secondary has not lived up to the momentum built from late last year when the secondary was doing a much better job at keeping uh, the yards off of the field. Uh, We are really struggling back there. Ricardo Allen is not going to be in the lineup this week. Uh, That's going to hurt us. Uh, Julio Jones is a game time decision, which I'm really not surprised. But at this time right now, I'm not even sure if that's our biggest concern. Uh, The way Ridley has showed up, the way Gage has come on, I I still think we're going to be in good shape. Hayden Hurst showing those flashes that we were hoping he would. Look, we play offense like we played uh, the last six quarters. I think we'll be fine. Offensive line, if I can get a performance like you did last week, I think we'll be just fine in this game. Uh, hard not to be a homer in this one uh, with that mentally uh, mentally challenging game you had last week where you basically gave Dallas every opportunity 
to get back in and they gave it to you. It's hard as a Falcon fan right now to have faith in this team, but I am trying. It is week three. I have not jumped off the ship. I have not gone on social media and burned hats and burned jerseys and curse every curse word you can say just to show how much you think that makes you a fan. I, I Just take a moment. I usually don't do this on the podcast. When you burn the stuff you buy for, for no reason, I, I don't know, maybe it's a point where you're trying to get I guess a reaction and stuff and some of us fall prey to it. You get something like that and 10,000 people watch you because 9,000 of them are probably saying what an idiot because you just burned a hundred, two hundred dollars away of merchandise. I've seen hats on the grills. I've seen jerseys on the grill after two games. Listen, folks, as horrible as that was against Dallas, this was not a playoff game. This was nowhere near the stature of the Super Bowl. After having a week to to breathe and everything, it's much different. The stakes were much higher. This is so early in the season um, that it's hard to place that much on that one game. Now, what that one game does mean as a fan is we're sitting back questioning the coaching and questioning uh, the intelligence of the players, which is truly fair. I don't think that's a pot shot. I don't think that's a slide insult. But when you make the mistakes that they made during that last quarter of the game, they are open. It's open season to question the leadership on that team. So while I have definitely not jumped off the ship, I am very concerned this is as much of a must game in game three as you're going to get. Uh, Falcons have already lost two conference games. You cannot afford if you have any aspirations on completing this season and a season where it looks like the latter end of your season is going to be really tough. Uh, I was going over earlier this week on Facebook Live uh, about the next seven games. Next seven games you're playing teams that are either struggling like you or worse, with the exception of maybe two teams. So you have an opportunity to turn it around, but it's up to you. We have beaten ourselves this year. The other teams have not beat us. We have beaten ourselves, maybe with a little bit of help of Russell Wilson just being Russell Wilson. Other than that, we have truly uh, stepped our foot and the proverbial poop, I should say. <laughs> so all that being said, I look for this game to be close first. I think the Falcons finally get over a mental hump. I think we go out and we win this game. Uh, we're not stopping anybody on defense, but uh, I don't think they're going to be able to stop this offense. Look for Gurley to have a much bigger game than he's had before, and especially if – Khalil Mack is not 100%. I, anytime I see questionable by a player, I'm pretty much uh, assuming they're going to play. So I think Mack will be out there. Even with him being out there, as long as we account for him, I think the Falcons are good enough to put 35 on the board. I'm going to go Falcons 35, 
Chicago 30, even though they won't have any business scoring 30, but this defense has given me no confidence over the last few weeks that they can stop anybody at this point. And we'll have to figure it out one game at a time. My pick this week, Atlanta Falcons 35, Chicago 30. Let's run through the games real quick of the NFL and uh, let you know what I'm feeling on these other games. Houston plays uh, Pittsburgh this week. Houston 0-2, and Houston has got to be saying to themselves, who made this schedule? Started off uh, at Kansas City, and then they play Baltimore, and now they go up against Pittsburgh 2-0. Houston is one of those teams that I picked at the beginning of the year to be kind of a surprise to uh, shock some people this year, but you know what? Uh, They're having a rough start, and I don't think Pittsburgh is the team that you uh, get yourself corrected against. Look for Pittsburgh to take that game. Philadelphia against Cincinnati, a a battle of 0-2 teams. Cincinnati with the young Joe Burrow, who has looked good at times, definitely looked poised, more poised than... Uh, other Ohio quarterbacks who come in thinking they're dangerous. Uh, and the Philadelphia Eagles is kind of a surprise start for them. Uh, they are in a weak NFC East. Uh, they know every loss they take is just detrimental because Dallas isn't going that far. Uh, Dallas is super lucky to be uh, one and one. I look for Cincinnati to go in and pull up, pull up the upset over Philadelphia, especially with not uh, any fans up there. I think uh, Cincinnati should be able to do their thing. Joe Mixon has been really good for them, by the way. San Francisco against the New York Giants. Just got the word right before I started my podcast that um, Sean Mullins will start that game, not Jimmy G. Uh, That's going to make a big difference. And George Kittle will not play that game. Uh, New York Giants, uh, hard luck. They lost Saquon Barkley. Did sign Devonta Freeman this week. I do not know if he's going to be ready for action, but I still think uh, the New York Giants will have enough to get that first win of the season. Look for the Giants to beat Frisco. Las Vegas goes into New England. Uh, Las Vegas going in 2-0. and oh. uh, Playing a New England team that was three yards away from beating a very good Seattle team in Seattle. Uh, New England's defense is really tough. Uh, I know they gave away a lot of points to Russell Wilson, but who hasn't? Uh, I look for New England. Belichick is good as, as far as following up losses with wins. Look for New England to bounce back. Look for Cam Newton to have a really good game. I think New England's going to take that away. Jacobs, by the way, is still nursing a hip injury. So look for New England to take that one. Tennessee 2-0 goes into Minnesota 0-2. Tennessee has one goal, and that's to run Henry and play action pass you to death. If they are successful at that, they should win. Minnesota off to a pretty much of an Atlanta start 0-2. Uh, we probably need them to keep going in that direction if we have any opportunity of picking up that third wild card at this point. Uh, Minnesota, definitely not looking like the team of the last couple of years, but it is early. I just say Tennessee is probably playing better overall ball, especially on the defensive side. Look for Tennessee to go into Minnesota, especially not without the fans there to help them and take their record to 3-0. Washington, 
goes into Cleveland, Washington, one and one. Uh, goes against Cleveland, one and one. Cleveland finally got a chance to display their offensive weapons, including the two-headed back of Chubb and Kareem Hunt in their backfield. I think they continue that going in this week, not because Cleveland is that great, but just because Washington is probably not that good right now. Still learning under Haskins. Uh, that would take a monumental effort to go into Cleveland and get that done. I don't think it happens. Look for Cleveland to improve to two and one. L.A. Rams against the Buffalo Bills, two two and O teams off to good starts. Uh, Jared Goff uh, leading his team from the West Coast going into Buffalo. That's the only thing I see. That's the big difference in this. Josh Allen leading the league in yards thrown, uh, coming into his own. And I'm trying to tell you, if Josh Allen, that's one of those sleeper guys I've talked about for a long time. If Josh Allen can get that uh, downfield game uh, going with Stephon Diggs. Look out for Buffalo. I did pick them to win the AFC East, so not a big surprise there. I say Buffalo takes the takes the game, goes to three and zero in the league. Carolina zero and two going into LA. Uh, Chargers uh, with the horrible. Uh, thing with Tyrod Taylor last week uh, if you guys get a chance to look at it um, mistake doctor making a mistake and puncturing his lung hopefully he's okay but um, the rookie Herbert did not look bad in that game and probably against Kansas City had a great opportunity to win they weren't able to pull it off Carolina comes to this comes into this game limping without McCaffrey in the game at 0-2, I think Carolina continues to uh, be in the basement in the NFC South, along with us, unfortunately. But they're not going to go out to L.A. and get it done. Look for the Chargers to go to 2-1. and New York Jets, 0-2, going into Indianapolis at 1-1. One one. Uh, revitalized in Indianapolis with Phillip Rivers still there. Still a lot of things to uh, clean up there in Indy, but I think they should have enough to be the Jets team right now that's looking a little bit listless and like they don't want to be there ever since Jamal Adams left. I take Indy in that game. And what's being toted as the game of the day only because of the hype of the teams, Seattle hosts the Dallas Cowboys. And I say again, Dallas Cowboys are a mental lapse away from being zero and two. They play really, really sloppy in the game against Atlanta and we're fortunate enough to come back and get a win. So credit them for doing that. This is a team Seattle that you're not going to do that against. Uh, I'm pretty sure Seattle knows what they have to do after seeing Matt Ryan torch that Cowboys secondary. I'm pretty sure Russell Wilson is sitting back licking his chops, ready to go at them. Look for Seattle and what I don't think is going to be a close game, I think Seattle's going to win by at least 10 uh, to go to 3-0 and in the NFC. Tampa Bay, 1-1, going out to Denver. Denver lost their quarterback. Locke is out for four to six weeks. Uh, that's not good news for Tom Brady. Uh, when you have Tom Brady and the crew coming out to see you, even though they're going up there in the altitude, I don't think that's going to make a difference. Uh, Captain America goes to Denver and brings the Bucks up to two and one. Detroit 
0-2 goes against Arizona 2-0. And Arizona all of a sudden is starting to look like that team. That team that comes out of the pack every year that people say, ooh, I wasn't expecting them. If you look at what Kyler Murray is doing, not only through the air with Hopkins and Fitzgerald in the game, but also with his feet. I, my son and I were sitting there watching the game and saying, I can't believe how quick he is on his feet. He is very quick. Um, I am very surprised that uh, he's having as much success as he has. But give the young man credit. He's doing what he's doing at 2-0. and I look for them to easily go to 3-0 and um, by a landslide over a hurting Detroit team. Green Bay against New Orleans. Green Bay at 2-0 goes into New Orleans at 1-1. I had a conversation, and, and not just merely before the, for the fact that I hate the Saints, but Drew Brees has not looked like the Drew Brees of the past. I think there's something going on there. Uh, you look at his throws. He did not throw the ball downfield, and even some of the short passes were not looking that great. I know he kind of defended himself uh, the other day, saying he was all about wins and not about yards, and that's not true. Drew Brees knows the records he set. He knows the yards he gets. I'm pretty sure he's sitting over there with a stat tracker, keeping up with that. Drew Brees is not looking good. And with him not looking good and Aaron Rodgers probably looking as good as he has over the last few years, I look for Aaron Rodgers to go in there to New Orleans and really uh, put up a lot of points on a New England, I'm sorry, on a New Orleans defense that gave up quite a few uh, plays to the tight end. Waller kind of gashed them in the middle there, even with a Demario Davis, who is fantastic at the middle linebacker. Uh, but they found some uh, good stuff there in the middle. Look for Green Bay to uh, take advantage of that and take out New Orleans in New Orleans. And the Monday night game, uh, <laughs> the game of the year, so so to speak, uh, so far, Kansas City at 2-0 going into Baltimore 2-0. As we already know, these games mean Nothing as far as these two teams are concerned. Both of those guys are going to be in the playoffs. Just a matter of seeding who's going to be one, who's going to be two going in. I'm going to give the early advantage right now to Baltimore. I think being at home and being able to run that ball like they do. They, they, it's amazing uh, how their running game is. As long as Lamar Jackson doesn't end up uh, opening himself up to injury, Baltimore will probably run at least 13 and three this year uh it's just a matter of whether they can finish the job going into the playoffs so i look at baltimore to take out kansas city and go to three and oh however i wouldn't be surprised if Mahomes does something special so uh truly to me a game that nobody loses as long as both teams come out healthy i think both of those teams will end up in the afc championship with all the marbles and they'll decide uh, who's the best body in. So that's all I have today. Um, look forward to seeing and talking to you guys on Facebook. Uh, you can uh, tell your folks that this is available. This podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, on many other platforms. And we'll be keeping you up to date on what the Falcons do going into week four next week. Uh, until then, 
Oh boy, rise up, Falcons. We need y'all, man. Y'all come to play this week so we can have a happy podcast to talk about. Haven't had one yet. So <laughs> let's start uh, next week off with a Falcon win, talking about what the Falcons did to win the game. Until then, this is Steve on Falcon Fan Freestyle. And remember, folks, rise up. there on a Friday, September 25th. This is Falcon Fan Freestyle. I am your host, Steve Johnson, and welcome to week three. Thank goodness we are past week two because I don't know if we want to relive that ever again with that embarrassing loss to the Dallas Cowboys. However, we are at week three. Uh, We have business to attend to and that business is taking care of the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears come into this game 2-0. They are high on the hog because they have two NFC wins under their belt, albeit against the Detroit Lions and the New York Giants. Uh, They won the Detroit Lions game when uh, Our brother Swift from University of Georgia could not make the play in the end zone, the catch. And last week against the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley, unfortunately, uh, tore his ACL, um, ending his season and pretty much ending the Giants' chance in that game. However, the Giants did keep it close. 17-13 win for the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears, who are they? They are a team led by embattled quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, it's all the thing. Chicago is probably looking back saying, boy, we had just waited on Mahomes and Jackson, but they didn't. However, give Trubisky credit. He has come back and he has uh, led his team to a 2-0 and start. He is 36 out of 64. For 432 yards, five touchdowns, and two interceptions right now. Their leading running back is Montgomery. He has 29 carries for 146 yards. Uh, As far as team stats are concerned, Chicago is allowing less than 20 points a game at 18.6. They are rushing the ball at a 142-yard clip and passing each game at 216. Now, the eye test from a fan is Mitchell Trubisky is doing what he's supposed to do, which is be a game manager and trying not to give the game away. And at 2-0 so far, you have to give Chicago Bears full credit that they are not throwing away their opportunities. Uh, is this a team that we can beat just like Dallas and in some ways, just like Seattle, I think we should be able to compete. Uh, Khalil Mack is a little banged up, but it looks like he is going to be able to play. So there are thoughts on that defensive line that they may be able to put a little bit more pressure on Matt. Matt, who had probably one of the cleanest pockets he's had in a couple of years last week against the Dallas Cowboys. He's been precision in the last uh, week and a half of work. Uh, 
trying to keep Atlanta in these games. If the offensive line has a good game against the Chicago Bears, I think we're going to be in good shape. Uh, right now, I look at the Atlanta Falcons having a really good chance at beating this team. But you know what we have to do first? We have to make sure that we take care of our business. We have beaten ourselves the last two weeks. And to me, it's mental. Can we turn this season around? Of course we can. We're zero and two, and I know all the percentages about teams making it after zero and two. But in the NFC South right now, the leader is Tampa Bay and New Orleans. New Orleans has not looked good in their first two games, albeit they do have a win against Tampa. Tampa uh, let a Carolina team kind of hang around a little longer than we thought they would last week. However, they did get their victory. Keep it in mind, McCaffrey got hurt in that game as well. So, listen, this is all out for the Atlanta Falcons to go get. You have a team coming into you that's 2-0. and Now, granted, also, uh, the Bears may have a little bit of motivation. Uh, one of the greatest running backs in the history of their franchise, probably only under sweetness, uh, Gail Sayers uh, passed away this week. So I'm sure that's going to be a rallying cry for the faithful of the Chicago Bears franchise. However, uh, all due respect to his greatness, that's not going to help on the field. On the field, the Atlanta Falcons uh, should be a more superior team. It's just a matter of whether the Falcons don't allow Mitch Trubisky to become a hero. Uh, our defensive secondary has not lived up to the momentum built from late last year when the secondary was doing a much better job at keeping uh, the yards off of the field. Uh, we are really struggling back there. Ricardo Allen is not going to be in the lineup this week. Uh, that's going to hurt us. Uh, Julio Jones is a game time decision, which I'm really not surprised. But at this time right now, I I'm not even sure if that's our biggest concern. Uh, the way Ridley has showed up, the way Gage has come on. I still think we're going to be in good shape. Hayden Hurst showing those flashes that we were hoping he would. Look, we play offense like we played uh, the last six quarters. I think we'll be fine. Offensive line, if I can get a performance like you did last week, I think we'll be just fine in this game. Uh, it's hard not to be a homer in this one uh, with that mentally um mentally challenging game you had last week where you basically gave Dallas every opportunity to get back in and they gave it to you. It's hard as a Falcon fan right now to have faith in this team, but I am trying. It is week three. I have not jumped off the ship. I have not gone on social media and burned hats and burned jer jerseys and curse every curse word you can say just to show how much you think that makes you a fan. I, I just take a moment. I usually don't do this on the podcast. When you burn the stuff you buy for, for no reason, 
I, I don't know. Maybe it's a point where you're trying to get, I guess, a reaction and stuff. And some of us fall prey to it. You get something like that and 10,000 people watch you because 9,000 of them are probably saying, what an idiot, because you just burned a hundred, two hundred dollars away of merchandise. I've seen hats on the grills. I've seen jerseys on the grill after two games. Listen, folks, as horrible as that was against Dallas, this was not a playoff game. This was nowhere near the stature of the Super Bowl after having a week to to breathe and everything. It's much different. The stakes were much higher. This is so early in the season uh, that it's hard to place that much on that one game. Now, what that one game does mean as a fan is we're sitting back questioning the coaching and questioning uh, the intelligence of the players, which is truly fair. I don't think that's a pot shot. I don't think that's a slide insult. But when you make the mistakes that they made during that last quarter of the game, they are open. Se- it's open season to question the leadership on that team. So while I have definitely not jumped off the ship, I am very concerned. This is as much of a must game in game three as you're going to get. Uh, Falcons have already lost two conference games. You cannot afford if you have any aspirations on completing this season and a season where it looks like the latter end of your season is going to be really tough. Uh, I was going over earlier this week on Facebook Live uh, about the next seven games. Next seven games, you're playing teams that either struggling like you or worse with the exception of maybe two teams. So you have an opportunity to turn it around, but it's up to you. We have beaten ourselves this year. The other teams have not beat us. We have beaten ourselves, maybe with a little bit of help of Russell Wilson just being Russell Wilson. Other than that, we have truly uh, stepped our foot in the proverbial poop, I should say. (laughs) So... All that being said, I look for this game to be close first. I think the Falcons finally get over a mental hump. I think we go out and we win this game. Uh, We're not stopping anybody on defense, but uh, I don't think they're going to be able to stop this offense. Look for Gurley to have a much bigger game than he's had before, and especially if Khalil Mack is not 100%. Anytime I see questionable by a player, I'm pretty much – uh, assuming they're going to play. So I think Mac will be out there. Even with him being out there, as long as we account for him, I think the Falcons are good enough to put 35 on the board. I'm going to go Falcons 35, Chicago 30, even though they won't have any business scoring 30, but this defense has given me no confidence over the last few weeks that they can stop anybody at this point. And we'll have to figure it out one game at a time. My pick this week, Atlanta Falcons 30, Five, Chicago, three. Let's run through the games real quick of the NFL and uh, let you know what I'm feeling on these other games. Houston plays uh, Pittsburgh this week. Houston 0-2, and Houston has got to be saying to themselves, who made this schedule? Started off uh, at Kansas City, 
And then they play Baltimore, and now they go up against Pittsburgh 2-0. Houston is one of those teams that I picked at the beginning of the year to be kind of a surprise to uh, shock some people this year. But you know what? Uh, they're having a rough start, and I don't think Pittsburgh is the team that you uh, get yourself corrected against. Look for Pittsburgh to take that game. Philadelphia against Cincinnati, a battle of 0-2 teams. Cincinnati with the young Joe Burrow, who has looked good at times, definitely looked poised, more poised than uh, other Ohio quarterbacks who come in thinking they're dangerous. Uh, and the Philadelphia Eagles is kind of a surprise start for them. Uh, they are in a weak NFC East. Uh, they know every loss they take is just detrimental because Dallas isn't going that far. Uh, Dallas is super lucky to be uh, one and one. I look for Cincinnati to go in and pull up, pull up the upset over Philadelphia, especially with not uh, any fans up there. I think uh, Cincinnati should be able to do their thing. Joe Mixon has been really good for them, by the way. San Francisco against the New York Giants. Just got the word right before I started my podcast that um, Sean Mullins will start that game, not Jimmy G. Uh, that's going to make a big difference. And George Kittle will not play that game. Uh, New York Giants, uh, hard luck. They lost Saquon Barkley. Did sign Devonta Freeman. This week, I do not know if he's going to be ready for action, but I still think uh, the New York Giants will have enough to get that first win of the season. Look for the Giants to beat Frisco. Las Vegas goes into New England. Uh, Las Vegas going in 2-0, and uh, playing a New England team that was three yards away from beating a very good Seattle team in Seattle. Uh New England's defense is really tough. Uh, I know they gave away a lot of points to Russell Wilson, but who hasn't? Uh, I look for New England. Belichick is good as, as far as following up losses with wins. Look for New England to bounce back. Look for Cam Newton to have a really good game. Uh, I think New England's going to take that away. Jacobs, by the way, is still nursing a hip injury. So look for New England to take that one. Tennessee 2-0 goes into Minnesota 0-2. Tennessee has one goal, and that's to run Henry and play action pass you to death. If they are successful at that, they should win. Minnesota off to a pretty much of an Atlanta start 0-2. We probably need them to keep going in that direction if we have any opportunity of picking up that third wild card at this point. Uh, Minnesota... Definitely not looking like the team of the last couple of years, but it is early. I just say Tennessee is probably playing better overall ball, especially on the defensive side. Look for Tennessee to go into Minnesota, especially not without the fans there to help them and take their record to three and oh. Washington goes into Cleveland. Washington one and one. Uh, goes against Cleveland, one and one. Cleveland finally got a chance to display their offensive weapons, including the two-headed back of Chubb and Kareem Hunt in their backfield. I think they continue that going in this week, not because Cleveland is that great, but just because Washington is probably not that good right now, still learning under Haskins. Uh, that would take a monumental effort to go into Cleveland and get that done. I don't think it happens. Look for Cleveland to improve to two and one. 
L.A. Rams against the Buffalo Bills, two two and O teams off to good starts. Uh, Jared Goff uh, leading his team from the West Coast going into Buffalo. That's the only thing I see. That's the big difference in this. Josh Allen leading the league in yards thrown. Uh, coming into his own. And I'm trying to tell you, Josh Allen, that's one of those sleeper guys I've talked about for a long time. If Josh Allen can get that uh, downfield game uh, going with Stephon Diggs, look out for Buffalo. I did pick them to win the AFC East, so not a big surprise there. I say Buffalo takes the, takes the game, goes to 3-0 in the league. Carolina 0-2 going into L.A. Uh, Chargers uh, with the horrible uh, thing with Tyrod Taylor last week. Uh, if you guys get a chance to look at it, uh, mistake doctor making a mistake and puncturing his lung. Hopefully he's okay. But um, the rookie Herbert did not look bad in that game and probably against Kansas City, had a great opportunity to win. They weren't able to pull it off. Carolina comes to this, comes into this game limping without McCaffrey in the game at 0-2. I think Carolina continues to uh, be in the basement in the NFC South, along with us, unfortunately. But they're not going to go out to L.A. and get it done. Look for the Chargers to go to 2-1. and New York Jets 0-2 going into Indianapolis at 1-1. Uh, revitalized in Indianapolis with Philip Rivers still there. Still a lot of things to uh, clean up there in Indy, but I think they should have enough to beat a Jets team right now that's looking a little bit listless and like they don't want to be there. Ever since Jamal Adams left, I take Indy in that game. And what's being toted as the game of the day only because of the hype of the teams. Seattle hosts the Dallas Cowboys. And I say again, Dallas Cowboys are a mental lapse away from being zero and two. They play really, really sloppy in the game against Atlanta. And we're fortunate enough to come back and get a win. So credit them for doing that. This is a team, Seattle, that you're not going to do that against. Um, I'm pretty sure Seattle knows what they have to do. After seeing Matt Ryan torch that Cowboys secondary, I'm pretty sure Russell Wilson is sitting back licking his chops, ready to go at them. Look for Seattle and what I don't think is going to be a close game. I think Seattle's going to win by at least 10 uh, to go to 3-0 and in the NFC. Tampa Bay, 1-1, one one, going out to Denver. Denver lost their quarterback. Locke is out for four to six weeks. Uh, that's not good news for Tom Brady uh, when you have Tom Brady and the crew coming out to see you. Even though they're going up there in the altitude, I don't think that's going to make a difference. Uh, Captain America goes to Denver and brings the Bucks up to 2-1. and one. Detroit 0-2 goes against Arizona 2-0. and oh, And Arizona all of a sudden is starting to look like that team. That team that comes out of the pack every year that people say, oh, I wasn't expecting them. If you look at what Kyler Murray is doing, not only through the air with Hopkins and Fitzgerald in the game, but also with his feet. I, my son and I were sitting there watching the game and saying, I can't believe how quick he is on his feet. He is very quick. Um, I am very surprised that uh, he's having as much success as he has. 
but give the young man credit. He's doing what he's doing at 2-0. I look for them to easily go to 3-0 by a landslide over a hurting Detroit team. Green Bay against New Orleans. Green Bay at 2-0 goes into New Orleans at 1-1. I had a conversation, and and not just merely for for the fact that I hate the Saints, but Drew Brees has not looked like the Drew Brees of the past. I think there's something going on there. Uh, You look at his throws. He did not throw the ball downfield. And even some of the short passes were not looking that great. I know he kind of defended himself uh, the other day saying he was all about wins and not about yards. And that's not true. Drew Brees knows the records he set. He knows the yards he gets. I'm pretty sure he's sitting over there with a stat tracker keeping up with that. Drew Brees is not looking good. And with him not looking good and Aaron Rodgers probably looking as good as he has over the last few years, I look for Aaron Rodgers to go in there to New Orleans and really uh, put up a lot of points on a New England, I'm sorry, on a New Orleans defense that gave up quite a few uh, plays to the tight end. Waller kind of gashed them in the middle there, even with a Demario Davis who is fantastic at the middle linebacker. Uh, But they found some uh, good stuff there in the middle. Look for Green Bay to uh, take advantage of that and take out New Orleans in New Orleans. And the Monday night game, uh, (laughs) the game of the year, so so to speak, uh, so far, Kansas City at 2-0 going into Baltimore 2-0. As we already know, these games mean Nothing as far as these two teams are concerned. Both of those guys are going to be in the playoffs. Just a matter of seeding who's going to be one, who's going to be two going in. I'm going to give the early advantage right now to Baltimore. I think being at home and being able to run that ball like they do. they It's amazing uh, how their running game is. As long as Lamar Jackson doesn't end up uh, opening himself up to injury, Baltimore will probably run at least 13 and three this year uh it's just a matter of whether they can finish the job going into the playoffs so i look at baltimore to take out kansas city and go to three and oh however i wouldn't be surprised if Mahomes does something special so uh truly to me a game that nobody loses as long as both teams come out healthy i think both of those teams will end up in the afc championship with all the marbles and they'll decide uh, who's the best body in. So that's all I have today. Um, look forward to seeing and talking to you guys on Facebook. Uh, you can uh, tell your folks that this is available. This podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, on many other platforms. And we'll be keeping you up to date on what the Falcons do going into week four next week. Uh, until then, oh boy, rise up, Falcons. We need y'all, man. Y'all come to play this week so we can have a happy podcast to talk about. Haven't had one yet. So <laughs> let's start uh, next week off with a Falcon win, talking about what the Falcons did to win the game. Until then, this is Steve on Falcon Fan Freestyle. And remember, folks, rise up. Rise up.